If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make your podcast. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free. You pay no fee whatsoever. It's absolutely, totally free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And most of all, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Well, the most important thing is that you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Well, what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe and make your own podcast. It's free. Welcome to this new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maramber Homa, and I welcome you to listen to this podcast about narcissism in general, toxic relationships, and ways to deal with them and to save ourselves, but most importantly, seek self-evolution regardless of the abuse. I hope you enjoy and find this episode and the upcoming ones enjoyable and insightful in any way shape or form and i thank you very much for listening now let's get started welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast self-evolution regardless and i know it's been a while since i recorded but um the most important thing is that at least i have something to talk about today Today's episode is pretty much inspired by Narc Survivor YouTube channel, and I strongly, strongly recommend you watch his videos because he really talks about narcissism and MPD and what narcissists do very thoroughly. And for the fact that he recently uploaded a video called Narcissist Puts You in a Box. And this episode is pretty much inspired by that video. <clears throat> and so, which makes also the today's episode about the control of the narcissist. They control you in several, many, many ways. And like the video, like in the video, he mentioned, um, how they want to control how you think, how you feel how you should think, how you should feel, what's in your brain, and what you do in your life, what you choose. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond just the mental aspect of control. The control to the narcissist even pertains financial control, sexual control, physical control, social control, it's all, even nutritional control, it's all for the purpose of keeping you tamed and following their orders and serving them, basically as a slave, and doing nothing but pleasing them and satisfying them however they like. It disregards you, it's not fair for you, it's not justifiable because it never leaves traces it's 
deniable, absolutely, 100%. It's completely gaslightable. And it can be manipulated and written, rewritten differently when it comes to mentioning the history of things. And it, of course, if it's, if the past is rewritten, then it must work for the best interest of the narcissist, regardless of what you have to say, what you have to feel, how you should think about it, what you want to do against it, etc. So, a lot of the times, <clears throat> when it comes to this, is that the control that the narcissist has to impose on you, like I said, it comes in several freaking ways. Um, and it's also, let's not forget the fact that it is enmeshed with all the other emotional abuse. That's that's the degrading, the devaluation, the comments, the judgment, the condescending comments they keep making on you. They're funny jokes when you mention something serious or that something matters to you. They're all of a sudden dismissing it or re like trivializing it and making it sound stupid when they joke about it. And it's so it really goes with always. So when it comes to, I'm not really gonna be mentioning the examples in a particular order but how i try to remember because basically this episode unfortunately is unscripted so i'll try to like go ahead and talk about each point individually and hopefully at the end we will make a conclusion about this so how they control you financially one of the examples that they do that they that they uh, use to um, control you. Money plays a huge, huge part in keeping you under control for them. Whenever they see that you are trying to be an independent person with like you know separate choices, separate decision making skills, separate critical thinking skills, you know, the ability to disagree, the ability to see things from a different point of view, trying to make and achieve other goals other than the goal that the narcissist wants for you. Whether it be a parent and a romantic partner or a partner in a romantic relationship or, uh, you know, like a colleague or a boss in a workplace setting. Money plays a huge part in this. What I'd like to call, I don't really, I'm not calling this specifically, but this is a common, very known term called coercive control when it comes to money. So, it's like this. Every single penny that is spent by you is tracked it is tracked calculated and held hostage basically the expense of your own ability to even be able to spend every single penny that you bring home will be either 
spent for something that the narcissist wants you to spend on for their advantage again, for their interest. And also, or in different situations, what can happen is if any money, if there's any money you bring home, like if you, if you work and you bring home your salary, that money is, must be given to the narcissist. All your efforts are basically gone. All your efforts are not even counted for. Because now the narcissist has to take credit for it because they, they are in control of the money. They may aggressively and overtly and obviously make it clear that they want the money regardless of you, you know, despite your future plans or goals or investments or whatever. And they might even do it covertly, you know, like, implicitly. And that is, the second way, of course, is much m more cunning more it's it's more cunning and definitely harder to notice and harder to detect from the first sight like it's really harder to know what's going on for sure from the beginning and and what happens is they will sort of make they will gaslight you and make you think like it's for the benefit of both of you. So say for example, they see how much you're working hard, how hard you're working, and they're noticing that you are happy at your job and you're bringing this money with happiness and you're, you feel like you're really financially independent and you're capable of doing stuff on your, on your own. And then what happens is a narcissist sees that and it's part of their insecurity that what they'll do is ruin the chances for you. How, you might ask? Well, they might do the following. They will say that they have always been able to save money and they've always been good managers of money and their friends and their parents before they tell them that they're really good savers of money and that they can never spend it if you really want to keep the money safe somewhere you have it safe with me you can keep your money safe with me i'm here to protect that money i'm here to protect us and we're looking for our future i'm looking for your future i'm trying to protect you here um I really want you to be happy and I'm helping you reach that goal, etc, etc. So they'll say these statements where, first of all, you're questioning yourself because what the hell just happened? Like, aren't they supposed to be mad about this? Like, aren't they supposed to criticize and be condescending? Instead, what they chose is the, like, the alternative way. And the alternative way is more cunning and more tricky, trickier, and less, you know, obvious and harder to detect. And this is typical. 
gaslighting done by the narcissist. So this is typical gaslighting done by the narcissist where you're mostly shocked and questioning yourself and wondering what the fuck's going on because you don't know what's going on. Because you really don't know what's going on and you're questioning your own ability to even be able to own that money that you bring home. Is it even yours anymore? So it's like... Instead of making themselves look obvious to the enemy, so basically because it's a war and you're fighting with your enemy, so instead of showing up with their weapons and their flying monkeys and their armor and everything, they decided to hide out like a snake and come at you from the back door where you didn't expect it. And when you didn't expect it, it would be something like, how could it possibly be? Aren't they supposed to be mad? Am I, am, am I not supposed to like prove them wrong at this point and show them that I can be, you know, capable of managing and handling my own money? And it goes on like that. And then once they have the upper hand and once they take control of that money, it's basically then becomes, it's basically a weapon then used against you. The minute that they put their hands on your money, now it's theirs, and now they're entitled to it, and now they're taking the credit for it, and now you have no word to say, you have the right. Everything that you say, or do, or think of, can and will be used against you. Now shut up and obey. See? Another case is when they have the upper hand in that money. What they do is they will guilt trip you into reminding you of things you did wrong before, mistakes you made before, stuff you didn't really pay attention to. So they will bring those up in in, in arguments, in dis- disputes, in situations where there is tension and conflict and stress. For you, especially the victim. So they will guilt trip you and they will make sure that whatever it is you're doing right now is wrong. And that everything they're doing is right. So they do something in the context of... Well, aren't you even trusting me with this right now? Aren't you? How dare you, like, um, not consider my care for you because I do care for you and I consider you and I am protecting you. And, like, how dare you do this when I am protecting your money, when I'm saving the money for you? And then you notice how they will jump from a topic to another without any particular trans- transition or any clear transition, or any transition at all. They just jump from a topic to another just because they have the right to. And just because, like I said before, whatever it is you say, do, think, feel, and act, can and will be used against you. Because that's their right. They're entitled to that. So now what you have to do is to sit back, relax, 
and enjoy the right of self-suspicion and self-questioning and second-guessing yourself. Why? Because then it works for the narcissist and when the guilt trip is successful, you will go ahead and apologize to the narcissist who didn't even deserve to be apologized to in the first place, but just because you were feeling guilty and they're pretty fucking good at that. If you let them though, if you let them, if you let them successfully guilt trip you and you give in to their authority and you obey when you really, really want to take revenge of them and you really want to have ownership of your stuff, money included, that's really in their death. Like, that's killing you on the inside. And trust me, I've been there plenty of times and it's painful to even talk about this. But just to raise awareness and just to let you know what the shit, like, is done and how it feels like. Because it definitely feels like terrible, terrible pile of, like, shit dropped on your head. And you have to deal with it, you know? So they, they control you through your money. And money is such such an asset that the narcissist considers they can totally own up to and can be entitled to regardless of how hard you work, what times you spend working to get that money, if that money is actively or passively earned, it doesn't matter. All that matters is it's in the hands of the narcissist right now. And... Another way they can do this is if, oh my god, there's plenty of ways they can actually control you financially speaking. And is that maybe, for example, um, they will make sure that the bank account is like, um, it's a shared account. It's not individual. Whatever it is that you do, that you spend on, or that you, like, however the money enters and go and leaves the bank account, they're aware of it. Because you, it's not only you who gets the message, like the notification that something, that there's a transaction going on, whether it's a, um, you know, um, an expense or an income, uh, e- either way, they're gonna know because you both put your phone numbers or your emails, so they're gonna find out anyway. And that is gonna also trigger the narcissist to maintain a more strict control over the bank account because now they know what is going on with you, how the money is coming and leaving the bank account, where it's going and from where it's coming. So now they can use that information against you whenever you have a fight or something. Whenever you want to actually disagree for once and whenever you want to be independent, that could be used against you in a guilt trip. And lo and behold, 
Another way they can financially control you is when there are plenty of resources. And let me tell you, I have very, very, very accurate, particular personal experience with this. The resources are plenty. Okay, they're plenty. But there is limit, limited, little to no access to those resources. So I talked about this briefly, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about this more deeply. The fact is, when the resources are there, normally, in a family setting especially, there should be a genuine concern for the person who maybe doesn't know their career path yet, or wants to change the field of their studies, for example, or hasn't decided on the future and they want to do something, or maybe even invest on a project that's going to bring more profits. And then what happens is all the resources that are there, that are available, the currencies, the gold, the silver, the precious metals, the diamonds, the whatever, just whatever kind of resource of wealth, the land, the real estate, whatever. It could be anything that's an asset and that brings money. Any source, any resource that's out there, you have little to no access, and most of the time it's no access at all, whatsoever. Especially when you are the scapegoat, and especially when you are this person who thinks, sees, feels, does things differently. When you are the scapegoat who knows what's, what the fuck's going on, who, you know, like, reads through the narcissist shit, and for, for someone who seeks justice and wants to make sure that those lies rise up to the surface and everything is clear. For someone like that, the system is never fair. And the system is meant to not work fairly for you. And it's meant to keep you failing and it's meant to keep you hit ro uh, bottom, ro rock bottom and never rise up. And it's meant for that to be like that for you because you disobey and you are not working with along with the best interest of the narcissist. You should be the worthless, most despicable piece of shit human being that doesn't deserve a thing because of y you just existing. Just as simple as that. And it's supposed to be unfair for you. Because it works for the best interest of the narcissist. And the best interest of the tribe of the narcissist. Including the golden children, the enabler, the flying monkey. All the people who work for the narcissist. It works for them and not you. And when they limit resources like that, they limit your potential. And again, I'm going to be back to the same episode of Narc Survivor on YouTube. He mentioned that they keep you in a box. 
they made a box for you where you're supposed to stay there. But they're intentionally forgetting the fact that the, you are outgrowing that box little by little. And that you want to expand. And that you want to think outside the box. And do things outside the box. And that you want to grow and that you want to have... Go beyond the box. Because life is more than just a freaking box. How many? I don't know how many times I just said box. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, the point is the fact that they limit you. And they limit your potential and who you want and need to become. And where you, and where you need and want to go. And whom and where you want to meet, etc, etc. They limit all of that. They inhibit it even. They prevent it from happening. Because when they limit those resources from you, you have nowhere to go. Especially since they're your bloodline. And especially when they're supposed to be the people closest to you and they're supposed to be the people helping you out the most. When you need them. And they're supposed to be the first people you go to when there, whenever there's a problem going on, whenever there's a success you want to share, any type of story you want to tell. You're, they're supposed to be there for you and love you unconditionally and support you no matter how many times and how hard you, you fall and you make mistakes. No. None of that happens in a narcissistic sick family. And in the family dynamic, I, why, the reason why I emphasize it, the reason why I emphasize it, it's because it's the worst. Worse than a partner stuck with you. Worse than a boss, you know, uh, ordering you around. Being bossy. It's worse than that. The bloodline, and especially when you're, you come to the realization that your own bloodline is your biggest enemy. Because they're the people who grew up with you. Or, should I say, they're the people with whom you grew up. And they know you the most. They know what triggers you, they know what makes you happy, they know what you like, what you dislike, what you agree with, what you disagree with. They know it all. They know everything about you. Well, not everything, but most of the things about you. They have a pretty clear idea of who you are and what you do and how you feel and how you think and what you do 80% of the times. Because there's always that 20% that's hidden, you know, for the sake of self-protection. But when they know all that 80% and when they're, they're the ones that are supposed to encourage you and they're the one who's supposed to be there for you and advise you advise you and support you unconditionally and love you unconditionally and then when you come go ahead and ask them for help you're the one who turns out to be crazy and you're too demanding and you're too spoiled brat and you're this unsuccessful student or 
average um, student who's never been excellent or someone who has been jumping from a job to another because they could never settle in a work place and someone like that like me um of course it doesn't deny the fact that i did many times had excellent grades i did even in the most difficult subjects i did subjects like math and sciences and chemistry and physics and i studied those but i still i still fail and failed and made mistakes plenty of times and there was sort of like this deadline that i had to respect and if i missed that deadline it was due it's over like i had this uh limited determined number of mistakes that i had to make and when that number is overdue or like when it's reached its limit and that's it no more you stop right there and quit your bullshit so and and financially speaking that also helps with studies with work with travels with it money is just a huge huge part of it all you know it's a huge medium that we sometimes may overlook for a certain you know circumstances but it plays a huge role but when the resources are limited when you know the resources and you know what's going on and you know every single thing it's pretty fucking obvious and it's in plain fucking sight and yet you're fucking limited like you're not allowed to touch any of that you're not allowed to have it you're not allowed to invest it even fuck that the intention of that is clear let's not gaslight ourselves the goal of that is pretty damn obvious and it's to limit your potential stop you from becoming who you want to be stopping you from rolling on the wheel of life stopping you from rolling and moving forward and then they use the excuse of comparing you with others and you notice the subtle happiness like the smirks on their faces when they tell you stories about other people other people that you also may know and other people whom who have or studied with you before or like worked with you before these people that you know personally that you've had some sort of an experience with academic professional you know friendly romantic whatever when they use these stories and they tell you you know um they have their ways of contacting people and then 
sharing these stories with you and you're like how the fuck did they know i never told them about this person's parent for example no they end up meeting them and talking what are you to them what the fuck are you to them they're comparing you to them this person they're successful they went this they did that they succeeded they graduated they worked in this field you'll just you'll you'll just stand there and stare and like be like did i even tell you to share the story with me did i even c- give you a consent to tell me this and is it even the is it is the time even appropriate for you to tell me this is it even appropriate at all to compare me with someone i know maybe the intention might be good it might be you know righteous but for someone else especially on the receiving end it's difficult to have to accept it as like sort of like a motivational sort of story you know just something to look up to especially when it's in a field where you're incapable of doing it because of your personality and your tendencies and I'm, by the way I'm going to dedicate episodes for the personality types and I would like to dig deep in those because they're so amazing and such an amazing topic to explore in psychology so so because it depends on your personality type and your strengths and weaknesses and your desires and but for for someone who works in a domain completely different from what you're looking up to that is destroying you right there that is literally emotional abuse but it's subtle and it never leaves traces and again financial means play a huge part in this let's talk about um uh social abuse social limitations social like uh box <laughs> that they put you in i had this happen a few times when i was a kid and i remember these as though they happened yesterday one time i was young pretty young and we had these cool neighbors really cool people and i really wanted to be there you know just to visit them and they really the thing is we lived in like a, an apartment complex at this point at this point of our lives we had these neighbors so basically it's like door to door neighbors so it was pretty cool and i liked that honestly i hated villas generally but um i i love the idea of just living in a modest normal apartment and then having neighbors that are family a family as well and that they're cool you know people cool people cool people meet cool people i guess <laughs> but um so they had this daughter who I really wanted to become friends with because at the time I didn't really have many friends at school and this was in my primary years primary uh elementary school years 
And um, so uh, she had also two brothers, I remember, and they were pretty cool people, honestly. Like, her brothers were gamers, and I loved gaming. I still do. And uh, they would invite me over. We would play some games, and then we uh, played chess. I remember this one time. <laughs> she was explaining the rules of chess to me, and I was so burnt out at the time because I was trying to visualize all the moves and everything, but I was lost. <laughs> and like when we played, I lost the three times in a row that we played, and we lost. It took time to play the chess because we really have to be patient and focusing with every single piece that we move and everything. So because everything is strategic in that game, so like. It took time, and I think it was uh, like maybe at night, so maybe like time was going fast. I didn't even know that time was flying at the time <laughs> because I don't know. It just didn't felt like I stayed for that long, you know. And it was only for a couple of hours, you know. So when they invited me over, I was so cool with it. I was so happy, you know. Finally, have friends, and finally can play with them, and just have fun and go back home like whenever i'm bored you know i come home if of course the 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 i forgot the word i was gonna say um it wasn't up to me it wasn't up to me when i'm finished with the with playing with them or when I'm bored, I'll go home. Like, I didn't have the sort of like the initiative to make a choice, sort of. Like, the initiative wasn't mine. The decision wasn't mine. So it wasn't up to me even to determine whether if I'm bored, you know, I'll go home. If I'm still excited and still want to play, I'll stay a little longer. Suddenly I hear a door knock and here we go. My parents calling me to come home and it's late and I should go home and it's over and yeah. So I went home clearly in a huge amount of dread and just sadness and frustration and a rest and a, how does it? Rested bitch face? Resting bitch face, yeah. And, uh, obviously, like, I didn't really speak much. Because they wanted to know, like, what I was doing with them and everything, and they wanted to know, but because I was frustrated and sad, I just didn't really want to share much. I just said, we played around, have fun, and, uh, we were playing chess, and it was fun. And that's it, you know, I didn't really want to mention too many details, because already I was frustrated by what they did to me. And they still do it to me now. Even when, I'm an, even when I'm an adult. They still choose things for me. And they still do things for me. And decide for me. And make me feel fucking helpless. So it started from childhood basically. They do stuff like that. You know they cut. They just come in. Knock the door. Whenever they like. And they claim that it's late. And that it's time to go home. And when it's barely even like two or three hours that have passed. I barely, I really, I honestly don't even remember I stayed that long. The time, the period of time that I stayed was barely even like five hours, like not even close. 
I remember it was really short and quick before I had to go home. Obviously, again, it was not up to me. It was up to my parents. Another time that this a similar experience happened was when we rented our basement, finally. Because right now we're not, and it fucking sucks. But anyway, um, by the time we were mentally, emotionally capable to rent the real estate that we have before the narcissistic uh, injury actually like showed itself up as this humongous ugly ass monster um we had this really really cool amazing neighbor surprisingly enough and this was when i was a pretty adult like i was was pretty recent in my college years and almost up to the time when I was like in the second year not really about to graduate uh, graduate but like in my bachelor's degree years anyway surprisingly enough she was the nurse in my college and I really liked her character she was really like gentle and just so cool you know just really a cool person to be around and a few times she had her sister come over and she also had her family come over i came downstairs a few times actually this time i had uh you know i was allowed more often to go see her because i'm a bigger person and i i guess i have more freedom <laughs> so you know because i felt on my like on my own the whole time and uh, lonely without my siblings and I don't really talk to my siblings that much I really I don't know I just don't I've been on my own all this time by the way so when I found this person to be a cool person and she's a really like you know um, awesome person to be around I took the advantage of visiting her a few times like a like people visiting people, you know, people visiting each other. Even though she was the land, uh, she was the tenant. I didn't mind. She was still as a friend of mine. And we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about like personal hygiene. Talked about attraction to guys. Talked about self self care. You know, all the topics that really, you know, resonate and topics that are sort of like self care mentioning, like, um. So, so those happened, you know, those times when I went and visited her, they were pretty cool and nothing much really happened. But usually what happened, I remember, was it's like, again, it's up to them when this happens. I don't have any sort of initiative or decision to make or whatsoever. Whenever they like, they decide to interrupt what we're having as a conversation and they tell me to come up come upstairs we need you to do something sometimes it would be nothing at all like just come upstairs because we're tired of you visiting this person like they're not really telling me that but they are hinting at it they're implying it and other times they will come up with this stupid request of like going and buying some bread or buying some yogurt or something from the supermarket which was 
literally two steps away from our house. They could have gone by on their own, but of course, their lazy asses will not allow me to have fun with this person. I'm not allowed to have fucking friends. Remember from childhood? I wasn't allowed to have those cool people as friends with whom I can play around with. Now, as an adult, I don't have the right to have friends and be comfortable around people as I was visiting my neighbor, my neighbor, who was was also our tenant but it didn't matter it it didn't matter to me that she was our tenant because i don't know it's just i i don't know <laughs> i'm not that much of a like diplomatic sort of distant person i'd like to keep time for myself and be introverted sometimes and spend time on my own but that doesn't also negate the fact that i love hanging around people so and especially when when you find yourself in this circumstance where you're um talking to these people with whom you vibe like you there's there's this vibe that you, that's going on it's like really good feeling that you're having when you're spending time with these people you know it's not like you're horny or anything <laughs> just you're just enjoying your time so frequently whenever i would go you know visit this uh neighbor even despite the fact that i already said i may have had a bit more freedom than when i was young but it's still the same because it would be like we we were talking and talking and laughing and having a lot of fun and even watching a movie or together or something and by the time almost like an hour or two passed by then it's time for me to come upstairs and forget about her you know Oh, there was this time when my narcissistic mother decided to raise the price for um, this tenant. And um, this tenant of ours, this friend of mine, she was like 10 years older than me, but I, I, I accepted her as a sister of mine from another mother, but regardless... Um, she wanted to suddenly raise the price, the rental price for her, and she, I can tell, like, she wasn't really financially capable of it, because, you know, at first, the price was really reasonable, despite the fact that it's big and our villa is huge. It's like fucking castle. It's like a mansion, but, um... So out of nowhere, I don't really remember why or like how she wanted to do this. But since be- since she was in control over the money and who receives the rental money and everything, um, like out of nowhere, she just decided to raise this price to a an unfair you know, uh, amount, honestly, I have to say. Being that she is the only one who lives, and she rarely, hardly ever brings her family in, you know, um, at least if her family were living with her, it would be an easier task. I'm sure it would be much easier for both of us. The the landlord, us, and her, the tenant, her family, they would 
financially support her and they would be able to pay and it would be fine but she knew that she was living on her own and she knew all this she had all the evidence my narcissistic mother and she went ahead and decided that she would either have to obey and pay this price or she will be evicted sooner than later also like in a matter of days she has to leave she either has to pay this price or she has to leave like she has no other choice this friend of mine was crying like i can tell from her tone of voice she was crying she was begging her to try to make her stay longer and try to have the same price that she's always been paying she's been happy with staying it's been calm outside there the neighbor is pretty safe the neighborhood is pretty safe um i mean she tried you know she tried to negotiate her way to stay but you know the narcissist and how then uh, and how narcissists work you know it didn't matter like whatever it is she said it didn't matter to her because she was never convinced she didn't even choose to be convinced by this person crying in front of her and obviously i can say she has no empathy this fucking baby boomer of mine she has no fucking empathy whatsoever and soon enough actually in a few days she's already evicted and whenever i see her in college i would turn away because um and not look at her because i was just so guilty cuz it wasn't her fault obviously and it wasn't mine but it's just i was heartbroken and i didn't want her to see that maybe she thinks i'm part of them part of them narcissist's way of um, evicting her and um, it's out of guilt and shame that i can see whenever i would want to look at her and say hi she would also be pissed and turn away because um because it was just we were broken up a simple friendship anyway i'm sorry i um got emotional and uh um it took this episode was a little too long sorry about that but um the point is basically i don't want to interrupt and just like stop it like suddenly stop this episode from ending like that abruptly the point is and i mean there's plenty more ways that they will limit your potential and that they will stop you and control you um so i mentioned the financial and the social uh ways that they will try to uh put you in a box and it's painful and it's hurtful and it's just so leaves you powerless and um like like helpless in this person who's just 
basically they cut your limbs out and they leave you like that and they will watch you crawl your way out of the hell pit that they created for you and they will wait for the years and decades to pass and to see if you ever make it out but you'll never will and they know you'll never will because your limbs are cut out you know so they will enjoy watching it because they're evil they're evil people they're sick evil cold-hearted people that will enjoy watching you crawl your way out of their hell pit their pit of hell that they created for you as a way of making sure that you quote-unquote deserve this life you deserve nothing i had my mom literally tell me the past days that i deserve nothing simply because i when i was asking for allowance because my salary wasn't there you know i didn't have money and when she gave me uh 20 dinars i told her like what is that it is that all like i want more like this is not gonna be enough at all and then she told me like well first when i told her is that it she told me like well what else do you want what more do you want i told her how the hell am i supposed to spend this she said you'll spend it you'll have to spend it little by little until you have your salary up then i told her oh so i'm gonna have to spend it each day like a dinar per day like one dinar each day you expect me to spend it like that wow and then of course she went on this narcissistic injury and rage rampage the moment i said that like ingrate um ungrateful bitch rude ruthless um bitch and um she went ahead and she said literally she said you don't deserve a thing you deserve nothing i was like wow wow like she really like she finally fucking said it wow so i in her narcissistic rage i think her real like the true identity actually rises up and you see the true ugly face um and then you realize that these people will tell you the truth when things don't go their way you'll notice it they'll they'll show you they'll show you what you are to them what you represent to them when things don't go their way when they're pissed so yeah so eventually you know and what i um want this episode to end is that okay you know what there's actually a second part so stay stay tuned for the second part all right and um i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode listening to me rambling and crying of it i bet sorry but i know i got emotional but uh i hope all in all you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as i enjoyed recording it and i'll see you in the second part of this episode 
So, folks, that's a wrap for this episode. And as you can guess, this is my goodbye speech. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I hope you found this episode enlightening to some degree. You can always like, comment, favorite, share, and even subscribe to this podcast here on Anchor FM or any other platform where, where you'll find my podcast available. Like Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Acast, Radio Public, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. And recently, I've added my podcast in TuneIn as well as Red Circle. That's where you'll find my podcast also available. I'd also appreciate your support for a very small monthly fee. If you have any topic suggestions, questions, some feedback you'd like to share, don't hesitate to send me a brief voice message and I'll take care of that. So to conclude, this was Self Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maram, and I will see you in the next episode.